one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everybody. Uh, Big Dave and Joe from South Florida, where we uh, are kind of the center of the news universe right now, uh, for good reasons and bad reasons. Yeah, I was just going to say, unfortunately, for most of it, bad reasons. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, right, we talked about it a little bit last week, but right up the, the road from us where we do the show here uh, was the uh, horrific attack at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas uh, High School. And uh, obviously, it's uh, dominated the news cycle over the last week, as as it should. And and uh, I guess not to get into too much of a political thing. Neither of us is a big gun proponent, but uh, you know, uh, we also believe in freedom of choice and that sort of thing as well. Uh, I don't know how you resolve all of this, but uh, what has been your reaction to? Uh, the kids uh, getting out there and speaking up uh, for gun control. I love it. I, you know, listen, it, it's what's to be expected, you know. And, but unfortunately, Dave, this is not the first time this has happened in our country. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's not the first time it's happened this year, you know. As, uh, as, as our boy here, Gio, mentioned to us in the show last week, going into last Wednesday, we had had already 18 shootings uh, school shootings in, in just 2018, at that point, we were talking a month and a half, you know. Right. So I, I'm grateful that they constantly do this. It's just at our age, Dave, I don't know about you. It's just um, I just believe the NRA is so strong. And as you said, you know, listen, I believe everybody should own a gun if they want to. But I don't see why people should own automatics, even semi-automatics. You don't need them to hunt. You need a handgun to protect yourself at home. I, You know, being that I've never been a big shooter or hunter or anything, but I think people who like to do that and want to do that and want to protect their families should be allowed to own these guns. I'm not one of these people that thinks that no one should have a gun, but, you know, having this, I mean, just going through this being three, four days before the Las Vegas shooting of me being in Vegas, right. you know... I just can't, I, 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 you know, how could you explain to the families of those people, how do you explain it to the families of, of, the, of the victims here, of the children and the heroic teachers that, you know, died protecting other students, you know, how do you tell their families that, you know, everybody has a right to own all these guns? I, I just don't, under, I, personally, I just can't wrap my head around Yeah, that. It's, it's tough. Uh, I think if, you know, we always talk about some of these horrible tragedies and some of the best of human nature coming out, which is what we see uh, at the uh, saw in Las Vegas, yeah. people protecting each other and, and helping out and saving lives and all the tremendous human uh, sacrifice that goes on at some of these things where people just react on their own. Uh, unfortunately, coming out of this, uh, the stuff I saw today on social media that... Uh, People were accusing these kids of being actors and dupes for the uh, for the liberal uh, uh, side of things, and uh, you know, pretending uh, you know how much they wanted to get uh, rid of guns, and these people accusing them of uh, you know putting on a front, and it's just how could you? Do I think that? that's so disgusting, you know. And and again, 
I don't believe that's happened. I know that I read a report about two particular kids that have shown up at every shooting that they think is uh, somebody that is, you know, you know, somebody who's anti-gun is putting them up to this and everything else. All I know is all these people who are disgusted by these kids, you know, please go and explain that to the parents of the children that, that, that just lost their children, you know, to this horrific act, you know, the senseless act of, of this Nicholas Cruz guy, uh, this idiot in Vegas who, you know, decided to shoot from a window. You know, they're a bunch of cowards is what they are. Right. Okay? And unfortunately, we know because of terrorism here in our country and, you know, and all around the world that you can't, you know, stop this all the time. But listen, you know, try to explain that we need automatics to the parents of these people, to the parents, uh, you know, to the families of the people who lost their lives in Las Vegas. And as you mentioned, you know, that's the tragedy. And unfortunately, you know, the, the, the and I don't want to put this in that sense, but like you said, the, the good citizens, the teachers that, you know, that risked their lives, some of them lost their lives to protect other people, you know, the, that, that our human nature is to, you know, protect each other. You know, I think that, you know, some of that sometimes is lost in all of this because of the tragedy that's involved. But I think we saw that a lot in New York when, when you know, uh, 9-11 occurred. You know, we, we, we Americans stand up every single time to protect each other, even though in the face of these horrific acts. And, you know, Dave, to me, it, it's disgusting what's going on in social media with these comments that they're making. But, you know, we need to find a way to make a change. And it's unfortunate that everyone has to politicize it. They all, everybody has their agenda, and, and anything that happens. I mean, the latest coming out just now uh, today was that uh, Trump thought it was a great idea that we should arm all the teachers and that sort of thing. And we're just headed toward Armageddon. It's, it's, well, no listen, it. you know, that's the president that got elected in this country, and, um, you know, he, he loves stroking those fires. And, um you know, this this is what it is. Yeah. This, this is the world that we're living in right now. Well, we could hash this out for days, but uh, let's get to poker and uh, the latest things that have been happening. I spent uh, yesterday over at the Seminole Coconut Creek uh, as they finished things up on Tuesday. Actually, was it Monday or Tuesday? No, I think about it. Uh, I think it was Monday that they actually finished up. Anyway, the winner... Yeah, Monday the 19th. <laughs> I guess it was uh, in the evening uh of of the 19th but uh, anyway over the weekend they played and uh, played down to a main event i did go over to kind of uh, just kind of gauge the uh, the atmosphere since it's uh, been an event that i've covered every year up at the palm beach kennel club uh the one thing that was struck me as very different was uh, i didn't go during the weekend because i had to work my other job but uh, I, I did go down for the final two tables they started with 15 on the day and uh, when I got there, there were 12. So there was two tables of six going on. And those were the only players in the in the entire room, except for one other little corner. There was finishing up another tournament. But there was no rail. There was no a bunch of people watching. And uh, there were at Palm Beach at some times because they had that little area for the final tables uh, down in kind of a little staged area and people watched. So it, that was one different thing. Uh, I think most of the reaction I got was that uh, players felt it was a big improvement, uh, that they liked the Coconut Creek uh, facility much better than the dog track. And, 
you know, that's kind of obvious. But, uh, you know, while the dog track has its charms and that sort of thing. Um, it is people, an older people building. Have, people enjoyed the new modern thing. And, of course, there's there's slots there, which there is not at the dog track. Right. <laughs> it could have been just because there's so many other things Bell, to do with there. Exactly, exactly. But the winner was uh, Kamar Andres. Uh, Andres from um, Jamaica, New York. And it was kind of very interesting. He lives now in the Orlando area. In fact, two of the uh, ring winners in this circuit uh, were from the Orlando area, where there is no poker because of Disney. And, yeah. and uh, you know, you have to travel a little ways, whether it's down to Daytona Beach or up to Jacksonville. Even Melbourne. Over to Tampa or Melbourne, yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, there's places around there, but uh, Disney has uh, kept it out of the uh, Orlando-Orange County area. So uh, I thought that was kind of unique, first of all. Uh, second, I got a chance to talk to a bunch of players. Uh, we got about four interviews that we'll run on tonight's show here, including with the champion. Uh, I talked to people during the event. A couple uh, players I talked to right after they got knocked out, which is always... Yeah, like it's a little teeth. difficult. Yeah, it all depends on, on their... On, uh, on how they're feeling. Well, both guys were great, to be honest. But, uh, you know, you could tell that they were extremely disappointed. Um, the, the champion, I actually uh, caught on a break with when there were about eight players left. So at the time, I, he was among the chip leaders, as was uh, Brian Altwin, who I also have interviewed, and we'll hear from tonight. Uh, but, though, you know, there's still a long way to go, and anything could happen. But I was trying to grab a couple guys that I thought would challenge for the title. And as it turned out, Andrews did. Uh, career earnings heading into this event, $9,000. So it's kind of nice to see the circuit and what the people that are tracks. He's actually an amateur player that has a full-time job, and he took the week off to come down and play this tournament uh, and scores a nice $240,000 first prize, uh, entry into the Global Casino Championship. And, uh, you know, it's a really a kind of a great story. Yeah, it really is. That's kind of a dream come true for an amateur player right there, getting uh, almost a quarter of a million plus the entry into, like you said, the other tournament. Uh, I guarantee you he's had a, a lot of thoughts running through his head as to whether he might want to make this more of a, a full-time uh, job now. Yeah. You know? Well, he's a physical therapist, 40 years old, and uh, he moved to New York. from. He was from Guyana. And moved to New York 15 years ago, picked up the game up there, and, and basically said he, this was the first time he told me on the interview, the first time he had played in eight months. Really? Did he have it? Did he mention whether he had backers in this or, no, or whether he didn't did mention this on that his own? at all? But because uh, if he did this on his own, that's a hell of a payout. Yeah, and absolutely. And uh, you know, he came down. He played a few other events, but the story came out. I was reading it today. Uh, he actually almost missed the main event because he was he had a losing session in a cash game. And uh, was disappointed and uh, got in his car to drive back to Orlando. He's actually from the city of Okoe. Uh, but he grew tired. He decided to pull off the side of the road and woke up the following morning feeling better and decided to come back and play. So uh, he came back. Good decision, yeah, huh? Absolutely. It's great to hear stories like that. <laughs> so um, Brian Altman pretty much dominated play uh, on the final day until uh, uh, they got down to three. And then all of a sudden... He got well, into just a, took over, huh? Yeah, he got into a very pivotal hand. I'll kind of run it down here. Uh, Altman had raised it to 225000 on the button. Andrew Street bet him to seven fifty out of the small blind. And Mike Linster was the other player left. He folded. Uh, Altman made it uh, $1.45 to go. 
Andrees moved all in for uh, 5.6 million, and Altman snap called with pocket queens. And uh, what was he I, staring at? Pocket aces? Pocket kings? Kings? All right. So I figured it's going to be one or the other. And uh, the flop then, to make it more interesting, the flop was uh, was a queen was queen seven four offsuit. Oh uh, wow! Rainbow. So this guy hit the set of queens, and the king came on the turn. Yeah, that's a kick in the old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when, since uh, he had moved all in for five, almost five point six million, obviously this uh, this plopped him way into the lead, and Altman all of a sudden, who was sitting pretty chilly, you know, uh, basically down to ten big blinds and uh, was out in third well, place. Well, you know, listen, he he got it all. He got in. I don't know how much it left him. I don't know what the blind structure was, leaving him with ten big blinds, but. He got it in bad, queens against kings, got lucky, and then got unlucky. Yeah, so exactly. Anyway, I did get a chance to talk to both uh, Andres and Altman during the final table. There still was a long way to go, but uh, let's hear what they had to say uh, in their interviews. We'll start with Kamar. With Kamar Andres, who is from Okoe, Florida, uh, up New Orlando, he just told me, which is a place with no poker, but you do play in Tampa, you drive down here and play in tournaments in South Florida. Uh, It's been a great series for you, and you do have an opportunity to win the casino championship with a third-place finisher better, is what they tell me. Uh, How much is that on your mind right now? I think you just took the chip lead the last hand before this break, or at least you're very close. Uh, Is it uh, that on your mind, or just winning this tournament? well, honestly, it hasn't even crossed my mind, <laughs> to be honest. Just take them one at a hand at yeah, a time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to grind out. There's a lot of tough plays. Um, what do you think of this tournament down here? The first time here, uh, after many years at the Palm Beach Kennel Club, I don't know if you ever played in any of those events you did. Uh, so it's kind of a little bit different atmosphere. Uh, is it a good change for the for the game? Yeah, definitely a good change. Um, the Seminoles run really well. It's a nice establishment. Um, compared to the Kennel Club, you know, so it's nice. Yeah. It's a good change, definitely. And, and where has your success lied in this tournament? Uh, I noticed uh, on your uh, on your Global Poker Index index page that uh, your biggest cash is nine thousand. So this will be your biggest of your career. Um, what was different about this series for you? Well, I actually took a week off from work, <laughs> and I said I'm just going to give it a real shot. Usually, when I play, I just like you know, on a weekend, I'll come down and play a tournament or something. It's been about, I think, maybe eight months since I last played. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I really wanted to give it a shot. So it was local in Florida, so I couldn't pass up the opportunity. So you get into the final table here with these guys uh, who are really professionals, most of them. Um, You know, uh, Brian, I know won a big guitar here at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood uh, a couple years ago, a big, big event. And uh, does that intimidate it all for you? Um, Not anymore, honestly. (laughs) After playing this whole week with all these guys, uh-huh. uh, I, I just I just feel like I belong. I've been playing for a long time. It just you know I just don't play regularly. I've been playing maybe over 15 years, just grinding like I used to play online and casinos and stuff like that. Uh, I tell you what really set me up is the six-handed, the six-max. Okay. That was probably the toughest feel I've ever played. Learned a lot from those players, and from there when I saw I could hang with those guys. Uh, so like in the cartoons when the light bulb goes on yeah, over your head, yeah. is that kind of the story? Yeah, sky's the limit, kind yeah. of, yeah. Yeah. And uh, confidence-wise, you obviously you get things rolling, you do well in a couple of tournaments. It builds on itself, doesn't it? Does, it? it does, yeah. What um, uh, uh, Kind of speechless right now. I'm just hoping to run good, honestly. Last dodge a minefield, you know? Well, the last hand there, it was a very juicy board with three hearts on it, and... Uh, 
you know, there's a lot you can do with that, even if you don't have any hearts. So, uh, not not that I'm going to ask you to give up your hand here, but uh, you're obviously uh, going all in against the chip leader. So you're not afraid to to play it out there. Right. I can you tell me a little bit about what, your thought process in that hand? Honestly, I knew if I checked, he's super hyper aggressive. I know he was going to bet. Um, I was willing to die with the hand, just put it that way. Uh, I knew I had the best of it, no matter what. And even if I, by luck I didn't, I had outs. Did you say, are you saying to yourself, don't call, don't call, don't call? No, I didn't care if you called or not, okay. honestly. Well, big move, and I think it, uh, it's moves like that that put you in control of the event. And uh, you're in good shape right now. Thank you. Uh, I left shortly after that, so I didn't see it play out, but... Uh, I did get a chance to talk with Brian Altman, who I had met before. Uh, He won the Lucky Hearts Open in 2015 at the Seminole Hard Rock. A big win for him and a good guy. And uh, he's from Massachusetts uh, originally. And I believe he still lives there, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, um, he has always seemed to do well down here in South Florida. And uh, I asked him about that as well. Uh, I'm talking with uh, Brian Altman here, a former champion over at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood, Lucky Hearts Open a few couple of years ago, and uh, you know that was that was a big rush for you, obviously. And uh, looking back on that, how did it change your career a little bit? Um, I definitely started to travel more after I won that. Um, I was traveling like a good amount before that, but now I kind of just travel like nine, ten months out of the year. Um, definitely nice to have that as like a bankroll booster. Uh, because I had basically all myself, so it was it was good. Um, definitely helped me with future stuff. So I know that you're you're from uh, Massachusetts, right? Is that yeah. correct? And so you always seem to do well down here. Is there anything anything that goes with that? Um, I feel really comfortable here. Uh, the the venues that I that host tournaments are all pretty nice. It's nice weather. Usually I'm getting away from the cold, which is so it's an added plus. And I have some friends down here, so okay. it's. Uh, I'm just in a good mindset when I come down here and play. Okay. You've been on a roll, chip leader coming into the day. May have lost that chip lead on that last hand right before the break. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Any thoughts about that last hand? Uh, no, no, no real thoughts. I mean, I just tried to take it down with a continuation bet, and it didn't work. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the final table plays out and hopefully uh, do well. I just, if it makes you feel any better, I just asked him if he was wishing for you not to call, and he said, no, I would have been okay with a call. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, then. Did you learn how to play that guitar? That's the big question. No, uh, actually, it's accumulating dust in my, in my bedroom. Uh, it's just in the corner. I, uh, I should probably get it tuned up. Pretty unique trophy, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a great, great t- trophy. Uh, very fitting for the hard rock to give that away and what is your basic uh plans now you you play you go out to the world series every year and play the whole thing or uh back and forth what kind of uh plans do you have for poker this year in 2018 um i'm going to be going to europe a few times this year Uh, i usually make it out there to play like a couple two or three epts each year and uh i'm going to go to vegas for most of the summer and uh and yeah after this i'm going to the west coast for the the cali swing and back to Florida for uh, Seminole Hard Rock Showdown in April? I believe I will be around for that, yeah. As well as you do down here. I think it's a must on your schedule. Yeah, yeah. I probably shouldn't miss it. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Yep. Uh, that's Brian Altman. Uh, probably a little more information divulged about it there by the reporter there. That uh, Yeah. Maybe a little yeah. I want to talk about, I wanna I talk about that when we return. I, I want to talk about that when we return. Uh, a couple of inter- interviews still to hear from guys that uh, were eliminated from the t- final table, Ryan Gianquitti and uh, A.J. Kelsall. 
So we'll hear from them when we come back. Uh, well, we're on tournament, and uh, we knew it would be. Um, you know, obviously, I'm disappointed for the guys up at the uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club. Liked them very much and uh, enjoyed uh, uh, going to the events myself up there. But, uh, you know, hey, things move on and uh, things change. Anyway, let's take our first break in the show. We'll come back and talk about it some more when we return. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. This is the sound of a brand new outdoor grill being hurled off a 20-story building. Now a stylish glass coffee table. An electric guitar. These are the things you could enjoy all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Visit energysavers.gov and get tips on how to save energy and money. Then do things like switch to Energy Star light bulbs or Energy Star appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. So this doesn't happen to the recliner you've had your eye on. Or this to the treadmill on your wish list. Or this to the shiny new bike your kid's been asking for. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. It's tough to break into a career. Everybody wants to hire someone with experience. So how can you get experience if no one will hire you? Employers like to see that you've done the hands-on work. In the Guard, you can get paid training in your specialty. Then go out and apply those skills in the civilian world. I wouldn't be where I am today without the Guard. I'm serving my country, and I'm succeeding in the National Guard. Call 1-800-GO-GUARD and ask how you can get the job skills you need for the career you've always wanted in the National Guard. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe, uh, as we talk about the WSOP circuit event at Seminole Coconut Creek that uh, just finished in the last day or two. And uh, I, I think Joe wants to take me to task for uh, the way I, I played that thing. And I, I, I have to admit that I kind of realized it at the time. Uh, I'm very glad that I didn't have a, uh, an effect on the outcome of the tournament and uh, the damage to the fact uh, that Kamar uh, picked up the win, but I, I, I do see that repeating something that another player said is probably not the best idea. No, especially when it involves a hand that had just taken place on the final table. Um, I know you're trying to do that as a reporter and try to be nice with a guy, but unfortunately that's giving information to a player that, you Which know, he did not divulge. He did not show his hand. He did not and show his hand. And I didn't say what his hand was, but and I kind right, of gave him a little more because he didn't tell you what the hand was yeah. unless he told you no, off air. No, he didn't. But regardless, his comment says a lot by saying, I wouldn't care if he had called me there. Right. So that kind of tells you, at worst case, he might have been holding the ace of hearts since you said it was a board of three hearts sitting out there. Uh, you know, with maybe top pair, or he could have been sitting with jacks with the jack of hearts and didn't put his opponent on it. 
whatever it is, these guys have been playing up to a certain point. He made For three whether, days. Whether he made a move on Brian or not, you understand? That's just information that should not yeah. be, be that should not be given out, at least by you. If if he had mentioned it to somebody else, no one should be giving out that information at that point because yeah. there's only eight players left in the tournament. Well, I know I was wrong, and I, I, I and I know it wasn't done with any malintent, you know, but. Right. But, An uh, absence know. of malice. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Paul Newman, there you go, Paul Newman. But uh, if you want to take me to task, uh, drop me an email, uh, bigdave at pokeractionline.com. Of course, anything you want to write about the show, you can always do. We always encourage people to rate the show on iTunes when they get it and uh, maybe put a comment or two in there. We always, uh, uh, you know, we go on and on and do this show every week and we kind of wonder what people are thinking out there. We don't take calls. We did in the beginning uh, when we did the show at a radio station. We had the uh, facilities to do that, but we really haven't, so we kind of don't really know what people are thinking or actually how many people are out there. There you go. Well, listen, right in. I've taken them a little bit to task here, and and like I said, Big Dave, if he had said, well, you know, if you had told uh, Brian, hey, he liked his hand, you weren't divulging anything there. You understand? He obviously liked his hand enough that he re-raised, you know, either all in or made a huge raise you know, uh, or a huge bet, I should say, before. Um, but, you know, by letting them know that the opponent said, <laughs> I wouldn't have minded a call there, uh, gave out just, in my opinion, a little too much information yeah. to an opponent. Okay. Uh, Kamar Andrews, anyway, wins 241000 uh, Biggest uh, win going coming in was 9000 uh, Mike Linster ended up finishing second at 149K. Brian Altman, 110K for third. So three players in six figures. Jason Hill took fourth. LeVan Williams was uh, fifth. Daphne Addison, sixth. Michael Foley in seventh. Kevin Schaffel finished in ninth. There's a name we haven't heard, and I got a chance to speak with him a little bit. Uh, and I didn't record an interview with him, but uh, he's from Coral Springs and, of course, good friend with Abby Daniels. And made the November nine uh, in our early days of our show, I believe yes, it was 2011, yes. the year after the three Florida guys made the final table. Kevin was at the final table, so yeah, I remember him being one of the long lines of South Floridians to make that final table. And he's a guy who doesn't play a lot of poker anymore. Uh, didn't even really play that much back then, but uh, made a big score at the World Series, and uh, you know, kind of a uh, caught lightning in a bottle there at one point. And uh, he's gone on to his most, other most of these uh, work people have, since then. You know, most of these people have. Um, I'm trying to remember the guy who came in second. Was it Dannerman from like North? Steve Dannerman. Yeah. Steve Dannerman. You know where where and you were talking about the Queens versus Kings a little bit earlier. How Kamal got it, and I remember him getting into a hand with aces against kings against uh, Mike Matisau the year that he came in second right. in the main event. That was a, I don't know if you remember that, Dave. Uh, Matisau, like, left the table almost crying, you know, uh, because he was so upset because on the flop, he had flopped either the three kings or three tens. I remember it was one of those two hands against Danneman's, uh pocket aces. And on the turn, just like this particular hand that you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. the ace hit, the ace hit. And Madison was going crazy, and he was like, going, oh, my God. And, and Danneman said, aren't you the one that always kept saying here, you know, I got it in with the best hand, and the best hand won. You know, and that was, I just thought that was, you know, pre- <laughs> I thought that was just wonderful that, you know, I'm sure that's what Mike Madison had said. Most pros would say that. I got it in with the best hand and came out with the best hand. He just didn't like the results because he had 
taking the lead on the flop. And uh, so that's actually what I was thinking about. But this is another one who caught lightning in a bottle, yeah, uh, Steve Dannemann. Absolutely. Uh, David Gunnis, by the way, finished in ninth place at the official final table. And they actually went to a final table of ten. First one out was uh, Dominique Mosley, who won the 32.50 high roller uh, just two days earlier. So a great tournament for him. He's a longtime South Florida grinder that plays a lot of PLO cash games, but uh, one of the favorites of a lot of people that play poker down here. A good guy, and uh, he went. He was the first one out of that final table of ten. So uh, good tournament. Uh, talked to a lot of people and got some reaction to what they felt. Uh, about the first-ever event at the Seminole Coconut Creek. Uh, let's hear two of those interviews. Uh, A.J. Kelsall uh, is a Philadelphia, but we'll hear her first from uh, Ryan Gianquitti. Uh, Gianquitti uh, is a guy that I've actually played in a couple of tournaments with, the uh, Kevin McClellan event, uh, Tyler McClellan Foundation uh, charity event. I played at the same table. In fact, I sat right next to him uh, one year and there, and I got a chance to talk with him first, and then we'll afterwards we'll hear from AJ Kelsall. So let's hear from Ryan first. With Ryan Gianquitti, and uh, just got knocked out in 11th, 12th place, I guess. So uh, uh, not the best time to uh, get an outlook on the tournament from you, but first year here at Seminole Coconut Creek, was it a big success for them? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think uh, the majority of players. Um, or in that proximity of, you know, Miami up to West Palm. Um, I think the trip's a little bit easier for most people. I think in West Palm it was a little bit harder to get everyone up there when they had the circuit there. Um, but, I mean, you could see the turnout when they had it earlier in the year over at the Hard Rock. It was a pretty good turnout. So kind of would figure it's roughly same numbers here, you know. That's what I would have thought. Yeah, well, Hard Rock, of course, always does things right, and so it's going to be that same kind of feel to it. But for many years, Palm Beach Kennel Club was the place to go for the circuit. And uh, I remember the first couple of years when they had, like, people in brawls outside to get a table at the million-dollar guaranteed tournament that was right. the opener the one year. Um, what's the difference of the whole vibe of coming here for that and opposed to uh, the Kennel Club? Um, I, don't know, I mean, the, the Kennel Club always held a like special spot to me because it's where I play most of my cash. Um, I think the, uh, I mean, the the environment here is is, is nice. Um, a lot of people always complain about the way things were run up up in the Kennel Club. Um, for me, like I said, it was a place where uh, I felt it was home because I'm always there playing cash. But uh, you know. Um, it's, it was sad to see it go because you don't see too many tournaments being run there except the dailies that they have. Right. Um, I wish they would get some more tournaments going up there, but uh, well, I guess it is it is what it is. You know? What's the word up there? Will they try to do something else, maybe work with a, a different kind of tour, maybe a Heartland Poker Tour or, or something like that? I, I, I don't hear much yeah. up out of there, yeah. Um, pretty much everyone I ask, they say, I have no idea. I, for the most part, they pretty much say no, so... <laughs> What's it like for you? I mean, I know you play all over the country occasionally, but uh, you know, to play here at home, be able to sleep in your own bed and and and, and drive down and and play here, is that a, a big advantage you think at all for you? Yeah, I mean, it's really nice. I actually live pretty close, about 15 minutes from here. Um, you know, I don't travel nearly as much as I used to. Um, I pretty much just stay home here in South Florida. You have a tournament, you know, every other weekend here, and you know, I go out to the World Series, but that's about all the traveling I do. So it's convenient. 
How about South Florida here? The scene here is just continues to grow, and obviously the Hard Rock uh, is basically the big stake here. But um, having played here for years, you really got to be kind of encouraged about what's happened to this area as far as poker goes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see a lot of professionals, they, they move to South Florida because they, they see the size of the fields and the guarantees that are offered. I mean, you can't really beat it. I mean, pretty much everyone now says it's a better spot than Vegas, um, you know, except during the series. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, the place to be for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, not not to uh, evaluate what you're going to do next, but uh, based on this tournament, does it uh, give you a little confidence rolling into maybe the Seminole showdown coming up in uh, six weeks or so? Um, I'm not really thinking that far ahead. I'm obviously really disappointed. I came in today second in chips. Um, you know, I had a pretty tough spot um, where uh, where I got uh, I got rivered. Uh, you know, for a flush. I mean, I probably could have made the fold, but uh, you know, there was a lot of spots where I, I thought, you know, he probably had to bet a lot of his draws there, um, and you know, I had a lot of blockers that I thought could be in his range, but. Ultimately, uh, you know, I made the call and I was wrong and, you know, put me down to 20 bigs at the time and then the levels went up and, you know, put it in nines versus ace ten and couldn't get the double, you know, but uh, it's bittersweet, you know, it's obviously I enjoy, I enjoy when I can make deep runs, but, you know, you got to take advantage when you get this close, so it's... Pretty good tournament, though, for you. Absolutely, definitely, definitely. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that is uh, Ryan Gianquitti. Uh, I do want to play the other uh, interview, but I do want to take a break first. Let's uh, take a break here on the show real quickly. When we come back, we'll hear from A.J. Kelsall and uh, move on with some other uh, news of the day. Uh, We'll be back right after these messages on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer could purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play-for-free demonstration and hope that you will join us 
when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about the American uh, Poker Awards. That is tomorrow night from West Hollywood, California, uh, the Andaz Hotel. Uh, hosting the program is Lynn Gilmartin. She steps in for uh, uh, Kara Scott. I can't think of her name. Uh, Kara Scott. Uh, uh, think, we're getting old here, Joe. Anyway, I know I am. Anyway, um, Kara is... Uh, pregnant and uh was having their child uh first child from what i hear and uh well, so uh, lynn who is the host at the of the uh, uh wpt events on tv uh will take over as host of the show and uh, a lot of people nominated i, I want to get to that in a little bit but let's first hear from aj kelsall a uh, player from the tampa bay area uh, he is a big philadelphia eagle fan was wearing his carson wentz jersey uh, so I kind of uh, took a little shot at him there during this interview. But uh, good guy and uh, gave me a little evaluation of some of the things he saw uh, playing at the Hard Rock and, and over the last few months in the uh, throughout Florida. With A.J. Kelsall from the Tampa Bay area, we talked a couple of months ago on this show, maybe about four months ago. But uh, we were kind of talked about the Seminole Hard Rock up there and how it's kind of making a little bit of a national move. And now we see the Coconut Creek Casino here get on the circuit. Um, it's got to be pretty exciting for the Seminoles. I mean, you used to see them close up. So what are your thoughts about how they've really kind of taken over things in the south, southeastern part of the U.S.? Uh, I mean, they do a great job with their tournaments. It uh, you know, allows us in Tampa and some of the other areas of Florida to you know, have somewhere we can drive three or four hours to and come to a good tournament. Um, this tournament's been at West Palm Beach, uh, the right. Kennel Club, for the last uh, you four play or five years. I always played in that okay. every year. Um, I didn't mind there because I happened to have like pretty good success there, but a lot of people just didn't like it there with the dog track and just the atmosphere of the place. I think this is a you know, better place probably to hold an event. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like you said, with the Seminoles in general doing a good job with the Hard Rock, everybody feels comfortable coming here. They know they run professional good events, and they got really good turnouts here. I mean, this event got, I think, 500 and change. Yeah. Same event at Palm Beach last year, and it got seven or no uh, eight hundred and something this year. So yeah. here, so obviously they get for whatever reason better turnouts here, which is good for all the players. What what is the overall reaction of fans uh, that come here for a tournament down in South Florida every year and playing at a different place? What's the reaction been? Well, I think it's been general in general good. I mean, okay. I think the the numbers show themselves. You know, like I said, people come down here and the, the events are you know very well attended. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many different choices now, and in poker you can kind of go anywhere, but I think just being in Florida kind of gives you a one-up right. everybody, especially this time of year. People come down, they just, you know, right. they know they can play poker half the time and go to the beach half the time, and that they live in Chicago or Boston or Philly or wherever they're, you know, exactly. happy to come to Florida in February. So, so you just got knocked out in eleventh in the main event, and uh, you know, not the not a thrilling time for you, obviously. But I think you had your win this year already in Minneapolis back in uh, February. It was good. The uh, <laughs> Eagles winning the Super Bowl, and I I went to the game. So, you? Uh, you know, getting up and going to the game. You know, money's money, but there's uh, you know, that was a, uh, that was a, uh, 
don't know what the right word is, but a uh, you know once-in-a-lifetime, I guess, thing, or one of my two goals. I want to win a WSOP bracelet, and I want to see the Eagles win the Super Bowl. So. Are you from Philly yeah, originally? I'm originally from Philly, yeah. Okay. So. so I got one of my goals in the Super Bowl, and the other one uh, hopefully we can do this summer. Is that why you ended up in Clearwater, Philly's uh, spring training there and all yeah, that? Was there any connection there? I originally came down because I was in the golf business okay. a long time ago when I came down. I came down for that. But I do go to a couple of spring training games a year in Clearwater always, so I'm doing that next month. Uh, we talked about the Tampa Casino before. Are you excited about what's happening there? Not so much. Not so much. I mean, they just lost their poker manager and the tournament director, who both I like. Tommy. And the, uh, Tommy. Uh, and Byron, especially the poker and director, I really one of my favorite people there. Um, the new gentleman they brought in, without being too negative, I haven't heard very many good things yet. I'm not really there all that often, so I haven't seen myself, but just from my friends that I trust, I haven't heard very many good things. But the room is still great there. It's a good place to play, and I guess we'll remain to be seen how it turns out over the next year or two. I know that you won a big horse tournament uh, not long ago, and uh, what, do you, what is your outlook on how mixed games are, are improving, not improving? Uh, is there a future for that to be bigger at the, at the WSOB and that sort of thing? Uh, I mean, I think there is. I hope there is. I mean, uh, I think there's people like me that are getting bored playing No Limit Hold and want to play something else, but it's, the problem is right now those games are typically only um, dealt at higher limits. Uh, for example, I'm flying to Arizona this afternoon to go to the Talking Stick to play uh, a week of 40-80 mix and 75-150 mix. Oh, good. So if you, for instance, yourself wanted to learn those games, but you don't know them, 40-80 is kind of a difficult limit to learn them at. Right. There's not very many places where they run 4-8 or 6-12 where you know, someone can actually learn the games if they haven't played them and feel kind of comfortable. Um, I think it would be nice if they could do that some places, but you know, sort of a supply and demand, too, if people don't so request that they won't run it. But you know. I guess the bottom line there is there's not a lot of places where you can find f- games filled with fish. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, you'll have some fish at those higher limits too. But if you really, you really don't know the games and you've only read a chapter of a book about them or whatever, and you've never played them, it's hard to jump in, you know, at higher limits like that. So, but I think there's, you know, it's slowly starting, and people are hearing about, it and they're hearing about how the different pros are saying how fun the games are, and yeah. people like it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they'll, you know. Well, that last uh, set of tournaments out uh, in uh, Vegas, the uh, the U.S. Poker, uh, you know, we saw. Of twenty-five thousand dollar buy-in PLO game. That was the first time I've seen that sort of thing. So it is on the increase, isn't it? It's not? on the increase. Yeah, you know, it's slowly increasing. I mean, like I said, it takes things like that take time. So, but uh, you know, I mean, back in the day, low draw, low ball was the game, and then seven card stud was the game, and then Texas Hold'em's been the game for twenty or thirty years. So I don't think they're ever going to like ever is a long time. But I think Texas Hold'em will always remain the main gamer for a long time. But I think there's a place for like PLO is getting more popular. I think there's a place for other games to get more popular and. Especially at the World Series, the games still are well attended. The mixed yeah. games and the like, I play the big bet mixes and the horses and the dealer's choices, and I love playing all those. So, just curious about Minnesota. I know it was two degrees. Now you come down here to 84. Yeah. But what was it like in the city there? I mean, did they do a good job with the game this year? Anything? They did a pretty good job. I mean, it was minus 20 wind chill, so uh, you know, it's kind of disappointing having it in that cold of a city. I mean, Minneapolis, I'm sure, is a great city, but yeah. it's kind of hard to have much fun outside of the game. Just, exactly. We went bar hopping Friday night. It's minus 20 degrees walking up and down the street. And, takes a little bit away from the fun and they didn't allow tailgating it was illegal like the cops were stopping you from tailgating so you couldn't tailgate you know so but But just a comment you have the Carson Wentz jersey on do you have a quarterback controversy next year no quarterback controversy (laughs) Wentz is the star for years to come hopefully if he stays healthy that's what we're that's what we're uh, we're saying the Foles did a great job and uh, you know always be grateful to what he did hopefully he stays around to back up next year and then he'll be a free agent the next year so okay good luck in Arizona all right thanks Dave well, we kind of jumped into the Super Bowl and a little football talk there, but uh, uh, enjoyed talking to all the people there, uh, and uh, they did a nice job. And, and just wrapping it up, uh, I have a feeling it's going to be there for many years. Uh, I would think that 
the Tampa facility is going to work to get some kind of major event, whether it's on the circuit or or uh, something else. But uh, uh, again, with we, all we the see properties that they have in the state, you know, and obviously with uh, Hollywood and Tampa being the showcase, Dave, you know, it's it's a smart move WSOP to get in there, and you know, I, I don't know if down the road they're looking to. Uh, take out what WPT has established with them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, regardless, you know, you're, you're, you're attaching your name to the best, uh, you know, to the best room and, and the best organization down here right now. Yeah. And we love West Palm Beach. I mean, listen, you know, I've known Noah since we started together as managers back in 97. And uh, he's a great guy. They're a tremendous facility. They, they've always been fighting for one and two. But, uh Listening to all these interviews that you just did, it seems like uh, for whatever reason they preferred being here at the Hard Rock property. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move on then. Uh, talk a little bit about the American Poker Awards, which again is tomorrow night, and I guess you could pick that up on Twitch. Uh, run down some of the nominees uh, I did last week. Uh, gave you a complete rundown, uh, but just wanted to get Joe's thoughts on uh, some of the things uh, here. Um, the tournament performance of the year, Scott Blumstein, uh, his main event performance winning that this year, I think is obviously the favorite. Uh, Doug Polk is also nominated for a couple of different awards, including his one-drop high roller win last year. Uh, Bryn Kenny wins a lot of these high rollers, and his Poker Stars Championship in Monte Carlo was the one nominated here, and then Darren Elias for Fallsview. But uh, just your thoughts back. I don't know if you've seen any of the... Uh, uh, World Series coverage from last year that's been playing over the last well, few Well, actually, nights. it's funny that you asked, but I did watch the other day for about 15, 20 minutes before the program came to an end when they were playing down to the final three tables. I was I had forgotten how impressed I was with Michael Ruan, who was short-stacked at that time. Um, you know, I, I believe when I finished seeing it, they were... They were down to the final three tables. I don't know if they had already knocked out a few people after that. But I know Michael Ryan was pretty much, he was in 19th place, you know, and after having made the final table the year before, right. just such an impressive, uh, you know, task that he did. And I'm trying to remember the other person that had been a final uh, final table that was also uh, in those final 20 players. I'm trying to remember his name now. Uh, he might have even, was it? I don't think Ben Lamb had ever become a final table player that he made it this 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 past year. Uh, he was I, once before at the final table. He was a table. final table. Yeah. I thought he had gotten knocked out no. before. No, I think he finished third okay, or something. Okay, so then so then uh, so then there. And then Mark Newhouse is the other one you're thinking. Right, well, Mark Newhouse came back to back years and then finished ninth both right. years. Uh, probably pretty happy the first year and and very upset the second. Yeah. He knocked out uh, the guy that I work, uh, what is it, Alexi, Alexis? Uh, uh, Alex uh, Turiansky. Alex Turiansky to get into the final nine, uh, the November nine still at that time. So um, I, I just, like I said, I, I, I get impressed when, you know, you have these people like Michael Royan make those deep runs back-to-back years. And, um, you know, I, I did enjoy some of that because I had kind of forgotten – you know, the excitement of those last two or three tables. And, uh, you know, I did get to catch about 20, 25 minutes the other day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's run down some of the other uh, events here. Um, Journalist of the Year, four of the five nominees have been on this program. 
uh, in one way or another. Uh, Drew Amato is the only one who hasn't. Uh, Lance Bradley, a former uh, editor of Bluff Magazine, now works uh, um, with several different outlets and a uh, great writer. Um, in fact, has a story that's up for a nomination I want to get to in just a second. But B.J. Nemeth, uh, Steve Ruddick, who we just had on a few couple of weeks ago, and Jess Wellman are the other nominees there. Uh, broadcaster year, I don't think you can comment on that because I don't think, think you see too many broadcasts. No, I don't. Nick Shulman, Joe Stapleton, Lon McCarran, and Ali Najad, all deserving, uh, talented broadcasters. Um, and all play the game as well. Um, you know, Nick Shulman, probably the best player of that group. Uh, Joe Stapleton is actually going to host a program for Poker Night in America, a celebrity poker series where he's actually going to host the program and play at the table. So he's a real funny guy. Wow. He does some stand-up comedy on the side. So uh, if you check that out, uh, I think you'll enjoy that as well. Uh, two awards uh, that uh, have people that we're definitely going to be pulling for. First of all, um, Industry Person of the Year uh, is huge for us here because we're such good friends with Tony Burns, yep. and he's done such a good job. He's going, he's as tough. Uh, in fact, this is the first time he's been nominated in this category. Bill Makeson was up for it last year. Uh, Sean McCormick, who is the poker director at the Aria, is uh, one of the other nominees. Adam Pliska, the CEO of the WPT, and Matt Savage, who, of course, uh, has always been on this program many, many times and uh, is uh, well-respected as maybe the game's best tournament director. Those are the four nominees there, but obviously Tony is the guy we're pulling for and probably has the least chance to win, to be honest, because uh, the first time he's really reached the national spotlight and he is so thrilled to be nominated and so humbled yeah, by it. So you're thinking it's one of these, he's, he's uh, just uh, grateful to be nominated yeah, at so. the Academy Awards? Yeah, I believe so. He'll, he'll win but in the next couple of years, I, I think. You know what? You know, that may be very true from, from, you know, that we know Tony and how his makeup is, but I'll be honest with you, his body of work has been, like, it's been impressive enough that he gets nominated this year. Over the last couple of years, And sure. let me tell you, you know, this, you know, we... we we're just not uh, whistling Dixie here, as they say. Well, we keep praising uh, the hard rock and everything else, you know. Uh, and and he he's a huge part of the, the, the continued success that they've had in tournaments. So. Uh, poker's biggest influencer, Kerry Katz, Daniel Negreanu, Doug Polk, and Matt Savage, certainly deserving pl- people there. Uh, Katz has a lot to do with the Super High Roller Bowl. Negreanu, of course, uh, with his writing and appearances all over the game, has a huge effect uh, on the things he talks about. Doug Polk is uh, fairly new to the scene, um, won a uh, World Series of Poker bracelet in the tag team event last year, or the year before last, and uh, his upswing poker has become uh, one of the most popular vlogs out there. And uh, he really, uh, people want to hear what he has to say about different stuff involved with the game. And Matt Savage, I think, uh, goes without saying what a great uh, influence he has been on the game. Uh, Poker streamers, this is also uh, some people that are pretty new to the game uh, as far as, uh, you know, online uh, streaming. Jeff Gross, Bill Perkins, Jason Somerville is probably the favorite there. Jaime Staples and Parker Talbot. And uh, the other South Florida angle is media content. Uh, because it has the story of Shetty Siddiqui from here from South Florida. His wife uh, passed away uh, very suddenly with a heart attack at the age of, I believe, 39. He has oh two young God. boys. One, I think, is seven, and the other is 10, if I'm not mistaken. 
but he has to raise these two boys. Uh, Kathy was his wife, and uh, he constantly uh, tweets out some inspirational messages under the hashtag for Kathy. And uh, Lance Bradley wrote the article. If you get a chance, check it out. Um, it's called Resilience Defined. And I certainly hope that wins because it is a very touching story and it needs to be read by a lot of people. And when you run into tough things in your life and you're able to still rise above that uh, is really <laughs> pretty pretty inspirational. Yeah, I've, I've already lived that with my closest friend in the world when his wife passed at the same age with three daughters. So. Yeah. Uh, Poker Brat, the Phil Helmy story, uh, one of the other nominees. Uh, Dead Money, a super high roller bowl story. Uh, which involves uh, a lot of stuff about Matt Berkey and uh, Adrian Moreno in tears after his uh, little one-for-one drop win, days after losing his uh, friend. That was the one written by Drew Amato. Uh, Anyway, all that stuff up for uh, nomination, and they'll be giving out the awards tomorrow night, and we'll talk a little bit about it next week and uh, what we we can glean from that ceremony. I hate to be a little, you know, non-objective, but let's go, Tony. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're going for Tony for sure. Uh, One more break on the program. Uh, We'll take it now and uh, finish things up. We'll talk a little bit about uh, ESPN's uh, WSOP schedule, which just came out, which is very extensive, very excited about it. And we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. If we get a chance, we'll work in some talk about the Poker Players Alliance. If not, we'll save that for next week. But that's uh, uh, going to finish things up for tonight's show. We, uh, we're happy to have you join us every week. Pick us up on iTunes and rate the show. Uh, you can give, list any comments you have. Or you can send me uh, any emails to BigDave at PokerActionLine.com. Of course, uh, a lot of other great places to pick up the program. SoundCloud, Stitcher. Other places, anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, you can pick up Poker Action Line, or you can go to our website and get it right there. You can also search our archives and uh, tune back for some other shows if you want to see from hear and hear from some of your favorites. Uh, also, uh, Hold'em Radio Network, a good place to uh, hear the show as well on a regular basis. So, we'll be back to close things up when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line as we come to you from South Florida. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, The prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. 
We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the program. A couple of weeks ago, the World Series of Poker uh, schedule came out. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll probably get to that in the next couple of weeks, talk a little bit about when those events are and what's going on. But... The latest news came out about the World Series of Poker broadcast schedule uh, about the main event, uh, surrounding the main event, and also the big one for One Drop, which returns this year. Uh, they announced it uh, in the last few days, and there will be everyday coverage from July 2nd through the 14th for the main event, which wow, is great. Nice. Remember last year how they picked it up kind of in day three? Yeah. Had a little bit so of... So they're uh, going to handle day ones this They're going to handle all... All sessions, all three sessions of day one. Uh, it starts on the 2nd of uh, of uh, July, which is a little bit different because last year it started right after the 4th of July. But they're actually going to play on the 4th, uh, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Uh, the schedule will be covered day 1A, 1B, and 1C from 8 p.m. to so 1 a.m. Wait, wait. So let me get this straight. 1C is going to be on July 4th? Yeah. Which is usually the largest turnout. Of the of the main event Correct. day one, so you know, that's going to be interesting on July fourth. Yeah, I guess a lot of people have to put well, their that July fourth plans on. Hold. Yeah, I think they wanted to kind of even out the number of players at each uh, each opening. Session. So they're hoping so, to draw more yeah, on day that one. Will play and, early, yeah. day, you know, day one A and one B than than one C. The official uh, comment from uh, senior director of programming for ESPN, Doug White, was that uh, ESPN has a long running relationship with the World Series of Poker. We're always looking for ways to bring viewers the most preeminent coverage. And by doubling down on our broadcast and digital platform coverage, we're going to bring fans and viewers even closest to the sport's biggest events from all well, aspects and angles. Let me ask you something, Dave. When, remember when they used to go through this, that you'd see the whole tournament from day one, and, you know, it'd be 1A. I, I don't know about you, but I enjoyed that a hell of yeah. a lot more yeah, than too. when they started with, you know, when we already knew. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed watching how some people got knocked out or how some people doubled up. In those day ones, I enjoyed well, yeah, that Yeah, absolutely. Lot. And, uh, you know, there was a way, time when we had to, to check out some of that stuff, not on TV, but on whatever streaming service or Twitch or whatever. This year, uh, Poker Go will be offering a lot of coverage, uh, WSOP main event coverage, that's not broadcast in the ESPN windows. But uh, the second, third, and fourth, day ones, will be from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. on ESPN2. Good. So great coverage there. Uh, then day 2A and B combine on the 5th, and they'll have just a couple hours of coverage there. And, of course, the rest you can get on Poker Go. And then as you look down to the days, uh, the 7th will be day 3, four and a half hours of coverage there, four more hours in the afternoon on day 4, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., and uh, day five, day six, day seven. Uh, day seven is the day they play down to the final table. They'll be on from 12.30 a.m. to 2 a.m. Uh, then at 9 p.m. Uh, will be day day eight of the main event, when they, which is basically the what was called the November 9, but it's now the final table. So the 12th will be day eight, uh, playing from nine to six players. 
Day nine will be the next night from coming on at nine o'clock until they finish play. Six to three players, and then three players to the winner on the 14th. So that's the main event uh, for 12 days. You can turn on ESPN two, uh, ESPN at the at, at, at the couple of last days. So you'll you get it on the mothership. But uh, through the 14th uh, will be that. And then if you haven't had enough by that time, uh, the 16th, 17th, and 18th will have coverage on ESPN2 of the big one for one drop. Well, listen, uh, I've enjoyed when ESPN has done their coverage and done extensive coverage, and it seems like they've gone away from that, you know, over the last few years. And now hopefully the – I believe I'll be watching a little bit more this year than I have in yeah. the past. Well, 40 hours of live WSOP yeah, coverage. That's what I mean. Well, a half hour delay, but, but uh, live. Fi- for me, live. that's fine. That's yeah. fine. And then 130 hours of originally produced episodes, which will come later in the in the summer. Yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, uh, that, that, that's like a plan that I like right there. That's, that's kind of what I've been saying for a while on this show. <laughs> and they've also committed themselves to comprehensive broadcasting of the WSOP in two until 2020, so uh, we've, we've stuck it in there, and uh, it's done very well. Poker Central is going to be uh, very much involved, uh, streaming on Poker Go, and uh, again, uh, you know, you got to pick up that service if you're, uh, if you're a poker fan and you want to see live poker action. There you go. Uh, our congratulations to Rich Muni for uh, being named the new uh, head of the Poker Players Alliance, uh, John Pappas. Uh, Stepping down over the last couple of weeks, and we'll talk more about that. Maybe try to get Rich on the show. Uh, they are t- trying to uh, raise money for uh, with donations to aid in their work because money from the poker world, as far as uh, online poker sites, has kind of dropped off big time. So uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that. Maybe we can get uh, Rich on the show and uh, have him on. Also, uh, future shows, we'll talk a little bit about some mixed games and uh, a great article by... Uh, with an interview with Fader Holtz on eight tips on how to improve your game. So uh, getting stuff from the best should be fun. Anyway, that's going to do it for tonight's show. show. Joe, thank you very much. Gio, thank you as well. And uh, we'll be back with another edition of the show next week. I'm working on getting Josh Leichner on the show. Uh, Josh is, was the technical advisor for Molly's game, which I have seen. Uh, we still got to get Joe to see that. Uh, and uh, we will talk about what's a very good movie. Uh, not exactly a poker movie, but a lot of poker scenes in there, and uh, it's fun. It's a, it's a well-done movie with great acting and a very interesting outlook on uh, how side poker games work. And, uh, That's how I made my living for a few years. Yeah, absolutely. So. You'll know a lot about it. You'll love the movie. you gotta go, <laughs> you got to get to it. I'm anyway, thanks for being with us tonight. We'll see you next week on another edition of the show. Always stuff to talk about in this world of poker, and we'll be back next week to do just that. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 